0: Today, we are recording our special Halloween edition of the Three Sigler podcast. Yeah, there's the ghosts. Uh, ah. Uh, uh.
1: <laughs> Lightning. And the question for today is how do you parent through Halloween? Isn't that?
0: E, well, kind of. That's mean...
1: why we've brought in three expert parents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So here's how this started. Last year at at church, we started talking a little bit about just how to approach Halloween as Christians and if there's ways that we as church leaders can help people understand a healthy approach to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of debate in that area. So then this year, me and our children's minister at, at Harvest Church put together a little like pamphlet called Parenting Through Halloween as an attempt to give some guidance to parents as to how they can lead their children through Halloween. So today we're going to be talking about Halloween and a Christian perspective of Halloween, and we'll use this Parenting Through Halloween booklet, pamphlet, as kind of a a guide to help us talk about it. But I want us to just kind of talk about the whole concept in general, so not just focusing on the parenting side.
1: Sounds good.
0: So to start with, when somebody asks you... Like, what's your opinion on Halloween? How do you guys respond to that?
2: Yeah, if I was just asked, like, flat out like that with no context or anything, I think I would say it should just be a fun little time, but there's definitely potential for people to take it into wrong ways and use it as sort of a, um, like carte blanche to just hmm, celebrate darkness. Okay. Mm
1: hmm. I have a pretty good initial perception of Halloween. I think because of the way that we were raised, um, that it was just a more fun thing, and it was a time where you got candy and you could like go out and see your
2: neighbors, who you pretty much aren't gonna see any other time.
1: Yeah, very unique. Just something very different. Mm-hmm. But certainly, as I get older, I can see more of the potential for unhealthy things potentially. And I guess just also as I've had more conversations with other Christians, uh, like from other traditions and people that I met in college, whose uh, parents were very against it and who were very adamant about avoiding it altogether. It's made me think more. And then you see creepy stuff, you know, from time to time around the season, whether it's over the top haunted houses or commercials or, uh, just stuff that seems like it gets away from the silly side and starts getting more into the intense kind of gross or evil side.
0: That's good. So yeah, you brushed on a little bit about our upbringing with Halloween. What memories do you guys have as far as growing up and our participation in, in Halloween?
1: When I was really little, I was a kitty cat. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't you think everyone remembers their first Halloween costume? Maybe not. No. I guess
0: nowadays people dress up their babies. Malachi, we dressed up when he was like what, <laughs> two, two weeks, weeks old.
1: <laughs> what was he? He was Peter Pan. Oh, nice. I think the only reason I remember that cat is because we have a picture of it. Yeah. And I think Daniel was a clown.
2: <laughs> I think Joel would have been I a think clown. That I, don't was know. Me. I thought that was always. Oh, was I I that you. being a clown always? Was I multiple years a clown? <laughs> Yes, yes. No, 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 no. Multiple years was the painters.
0: Yeah, we didn't have the most inspired Mm -hmm. costumes until we got to the mafia. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I thought the painters was a cute idea. Okay, Um, I seem to remember when I was young. Initially, it was only do the like Halloween thing at church, you know, and not Mm -hmm. like go trick or treating. And I don't know if that was just an age thing or if it was, like, they weren't sure if they wanted to, like, support that kind of stuff or what the deal was. But I definitely remember the first year they let me go was because this older neighbor kid who I who would always come over to our house and and an adult who was, like, a family friend and also that guy's friend, they were, like, going to be going together around our neighborhood and said I could go with them and mom and dad were okay with it.
1: Hmm. Mm.
2: And uh, I remember I was Batman that year and wore my Batman costume for like the f- previous couple days as well. Prepping. <laughs> With its Velcro on cape. Yes.
1: Well, that's interesting because I didn't know there was ever a time that they didn't let any of us go trick-or-treating. So yeah. it's one of those things where I, as the youngest memory... child, you don't. <laughs> so, child, you yeah. Know, yeah. Barrier is broken and you just never realize it.
2: Yeah, my memory is that it was like kind of a you know oh, are we gonna do this or not do this I don't know and they were like deciding but mm. it could have just been an age thing I, I'd have to ask mm. the parents about that and see you know I right. I would guess just knowing like our parents' backgrounds that Dad probably grew up doing the normal thing and Mom grew up like never doing Halloween yeah
0: mm-hmm. I remember trick or treating basically from when we moved to Dothan mostly as dressing up and walking from our house to grandma's house, which she lived in the same neighborhood as us stopping there for a while and then continuing on to the Flemings. Yeah. Uh, And so these are all families that live in our neighborhood. My grandma lived in our neighborhood and some uh, church friends. And so we were able to kind of like make our way down. And definitely when we were young, there was a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So there was just like kids Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that was really neat to just have lots of people out and about in the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. Then we did some like, Fall festivals, trunk-or-treats at church growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I remember participating in those. And um, but,
2: but those would never be on Halloween, right? It was like adjacent to date so that you could do both. That sounds right. Because originally churches started doing it, I believe, as like a real alternative to... You know i guess just being able to have a more like positive family friendly christian version of halloween they would do it on the night i think yeah and then eventually it was they started shifting so that people didn't have to make this choice of like are you gonna trick or treat or are you gonna do your church's thing yeah that way if people didn't want to do halloween
0: night they could still do the church thing but if people wanted to do both they could do both get a lot of candy <laughs> lots of candy Yeah,
2: (laughs) the one that i remember going to at church in kentucky was uh i mean i remember almost nothing except that one of their games was they had this huge box that i guess was like you know cardboard box that Maybe they had taped some together, but it was bigger than a refrigerator box, I'm pretty sure. And it was filled with like crumpled up newspapers and you had, it was like the whale and you had to, a- one of the youth or somebody would hide this little Jonah figure in there and it- you'd have to like go in there and find him and dig through that. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then we all
0: uh, remember the, the skit at the Fleming's house Halloween. Yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs>
1: overall for me, that was oh, yeah. the most memorable Halloween.
0: Probably for me too. We as a Uh, several you better set the stage. Yeah, several youth and church kids put together this skit on the front porch of some friends in our neighborhood, the Flemings that I mentioned earlier. And so basically, all Halloween, um, we were running this skit that ran what probably like a five minute skit or something like that. (laughs) Sounds right. And so we would run it and then give out candy and then... Like
2: their front porch was like the stage, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So people who normally would come to trick or treat, I guess the the adults would kind of tell them what was going on, you know, okay, just wait like one minute and they'll start the show. And so then we do our little skit for them and give out uh, some kind of candy bags that Mm -hmm. probably had like a church invitation or something.
0: Yeah. And so we would run it
1: every 10 minutes or less. Like we ran it a lot throughout that night. It was to a song, so it couldn't have been too long of a skit.
2: Yeah, I, that was for, that was really fun. I don't remember there being much um, anguish about missing out on the regular trick-or-treating. I think we had fun doing that. It was super fun.
1: That was my favorite one, yeah. And Joel and I were the demons.
0: <laughs> yeah we got to be, <laughs> we got to be demons on halloween which is one of my points in my parenting is avoid demonic stuff
2: <laughs> but that's a little different okay yeah, it's it for a good cause
1: yeah. it is different yeah.
2: yeah think about mr carnal being satan himself
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right yeah and then so yeah it was me and joel and then jonathan fleming who lived there and then summer wells another friend were the four little demons we we're the youngest ones i don't know if I guess yeah, they decided I, to I think the them.
2: idea was that they wanted the little kids to be the demons so they can just be like little and impish. And also you guys get to hide in a bush a lot, so there's not a lot of pressure to like be you know, in position on stage.
1: Right. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of pressure on our role.
0: Yeah, the angels had to do um more like choreographed
1: moves. Mm. Somewhat, yeah. Daniel so. was an angel.
0: Anyway, but the the skit was a con you know, like a battle between Jesus and Satan eventually where Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus gets knocked out or killed or whatever, and then comes back and defeats Satan.
2: So any other memories that come to mind? I definitely do remember the year, I guess, like, I don't know if it was like I was I was just going along to watch. And I was too old for it or if I was still kind of, I don't know. But the year when I kind of realized, that, like, hey, you can, these people live close to me and they seem friendly and nice but we never see them except for now it's kind of nice that at least we can say hi once in a while
1: yeah i have a another really good memory of uh, one of the trunk retreats at harvest where we did the whole everybody bring your car and decorate your trunk thing and we just put down the back seats in our van and filled the whole thing with blankets and stuffed animals and it wasn't much of a theme, but we and friends hung out, just hung out in the back of the car for a lot of that night. It was the most comfortable trunk. It was the most comfortable, yeah.
2: <laughs> so so <laughs> you you decorated it with yourselves. <laughs> That's right. We basically we just, just like, made yeah. it
1: a place for us to hang out the whole night. <laughs> uh,
0: we just went and got some candy to start with and then went to our trunks and just hung out with our friends. So being a, a parent now in Halloween, last year's the first time we actually like went out to do trick or treating. Mm. And how uh, could you? I, don't know. I don't know. there's this neighborhood in town that like everybody goes to. It's like ridiculous the amount of mm-hmm.
2: people. And so... Yeah, I'm not in favor of that.
0: Yeah, I'm not either. I like the idea of, like, use your own neighborhood. Like, that's Mm -hmm. one of the good things of Halloween is you get to go around your own neighborhood. But Olivia really likes the hustle and bustle of those kind of things.
2: The busy place.
0: Yeah. She really enjoys, like, go to the pumpkin patch, like, go to, like, do the Christmas shopping, like, right around Christmas, just to be around the whole crowd and stuff. Not do the Christmas shopping, but at least go out.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of, like,
2: um, feeling the the full force of the season I guess that's right that's right yeah and it's so, like
1: the excitement of the season right uh, there's a communal aspect to that I get that and so she really wanted to go like let's go to this neighborhood
0: that everybody goes to and really just experience it and it was it mm-hmm. was cool but it is like it feels much more like commercialized to the fact that, like all these people are just like in from random places and they don't actually live there. Mm. It's way less like homey.
2: Yeah. And it's all about like your return on investment.
0: Right. Mm. But you def- I'm definitely more aware of like, and this year even more so because my oldest son is old enough to really like be impressed by things that are scary. And mm. so this oh. year I'll definitely be more concerned about what he's seeing and what we're going near. I was last year still, mm-hmm. but um, he was a little bit too young to really be afraid of it, I think.
2: Was there more of that kind of stuff in that neighborhood since it's like the Halloween neighborhood? There's definitely some. I
0: mean, there you get a smattering of some houses that are, like, barely decorated, some houses that are decorated a ton and are fine, yeah. and then some that are, like, you know, like, graveyards with, like, zombies and stuff.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess you get that anywhere. And yeah. I will say yeah. in terms of, like, you know, as much as I prefer for Halloween to be kind of like a you know meet your neighbors opportunity. Depending on where you live, maybe your neighborhood isn't really gonna be a good experience for you.
0: Yeah. Well and and, and my wife Olivia yeah. grew up out in the country. So uh, it was like you'd walk miles and get to like a few houses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you were yeah. to do your own neighborhood. So they always had to I come guess into you'd town. Have to, like, your parents would have to drive you from house to house in that case. Right. So they would always have to come into town for Halloween.
1: I will say it too To clarify, when we're talking about Halloween memories, from as young as I can remember, it was very clear to me, and I suppose this was just established by mom and dad, but it was very clear to me that being a superhero or a painter or something Mm -hmm. like that was cool, but a witch or a skeleton, like that was not cool. That was very clear to me from as young as I can remember. Yeah. Um, so somehow they were able that. to very successfully establish that. Yeah. Even though we we did trick or treat. Yeah. So they were very intentional about that to some degree.
0: Well, let's transition then to this Parenting Through Halloween pamphlet that we are giving out at church. And we'll mm-hmm. just kind of go through that and use that to discuss um, different components of Halloween. Okay. 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 The first major heading is just Halloween is complicated. Okay. And so what I have there is there isn't one right answer when it comes to how to handle Halloween. Some families are convicted not to participate at all. And some believe they can participate to a degree. These differing opinions are legitimate.
2: Mm. I guess we've made it clear kind of where, you know, we came from.
0: Yeah, that's probably important to just note for everybody that obviously our perception is probably going to be colored by the way we were raised in it. Mm -hmm. If we weren't, weren't all brothers and like one of us had been raised in a family that didn't participate in Halloween at all.
2: Yeah, like we might have a better podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do remember the, I guess just one or two times when uh, the Hagneys were still across the street. And we tried to do Halloween and we like knocked on their door just thinking like, oh, they're our friends, of course. But their family was very against it. So like their lights were all off and like they were in there, but all their lights, like not just their porch lights were off, all the lights. In there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe not in the bedrooms. or something. We do not exist. <laughs> I knew they were there because, you know, we were played with them all the time and stuff. But that was one of those, you know, like... Uh, maybe we should read the signs and realize that like they don't want people to come over. But to us, it's just like these are our friends. Of course, they'll give us candy. You know. So that was, I guess, my first memory of directly realizing that like close friends had a difference of opinion on that than we were. Yeah, well, I remember really
0: being struck by a conversation with a international student at, when I was a, at Asbury Seminary that was just like couldn't believe that Christians participated in Halloween. Mm. and um, he was coming from Africa. And just like, I just couldn't believe that people, like Christians were participating in this stuff. It's like they don't Mm. understand the spiritual implications behind it. This stuff is real. It's dangerous. Like we see it all the time where I'm from. And I was like, that's Mm. really compelling when you hear hear that argument from somebody from another culture. And it puts a caution on me. Like I don't want to just be blinded by the culture I grew up in either. Mm-hmm. And then around that same period of time, I was doing an internship at a, as a chaplain at a VA hospital. And one of the other chaplains was a Wiccan. And so she, I had a lot of conversations with her throughout that semester, but she was huge into Halloween and like took that time off and went to like big gatherings of Wiccans <laughs> and all kind of stuff.
2: Oh,
0: it was like their main, like, their wow, main day of the year. Ceremonies. Yes. Yeah. Religious ceremonies. So then did also ever, did you, uh, you ever ask her what they do? Uh I don't remember. I remember just a lot of like I mean, she would talk about it in very positive terms, obviously. You know, there's a lot of community right, and right, celebration right. and um like right, it's right. getting together, all that kind of stuff, you know, is what she would talk about. But I remember that was also at that time when I was at Asbury Seminary, so I was really thinking about like this stuff is something to consider.
1: It's complex.
2: What's interesting to me about that is does Halloween have these connections with darkness because of stuff like that or is it more like those type of religions kind of jump onto it to co-opt the sort of like dark side because and then you know because they sort of have a natural affiliation with that and they're like here's the hell the holiday for us like let's make the most out of this i think there's Probably some of both. Well, because, you know, the line, the the story goes that it originally was a Christian, you know, totally a Christian thing and All Saints Eve. And the point of dressing as devils and whatnot was to mock the fact that Satan has no more power over us and all of this. But I don't know how much of that is actually true either. That's just what I remember hearing.
0: Yeah, I don't actually know either. And I intentionally didn't do any history stuff in this pamphlet hmm. just because hmm. I feel like that can really it's get you in the weeds. And it's kind of distracting. That's true. So my thought is more like it doesn't necessarily matter. Like, I mean, there's definitely some value to origin of things and like meaning behind that kind of stuff. But it can also be a distraction from like, well, here's where we are. So what do we do? Yeah. So,
2: yeah. And I think in some ways that can be like the inverse of, you know, people trying to justify like, oh, yeah, no, everything. is just great. It's actually a Christian holiday is like the inverse of people being like Christmas was actually a pagan holiday. We shouldn't celebrate that. You know, it's kind of the same That's using true. history in a weird way to justify your position. Yeah. Just one second. Well then off the record here, I uh, got to remember to see if mom and dad will get Mentos or Nerds Ropes or something good to give out this year. Cause they usually have just like two, <laughs> two or three little kids. So I always wanted to like really make it worth their while. Yeah
0: make it out here's a college scholarship yeah. son just kidding
2: <laughs> <laughs> i do want you know it's a little bit like that rain pot of gold at the end of the rainbow type of thing like oh they came all the way down this cul-de-sac i should give them something nice oh yeah next point
0: there is don't condemn families who handle it differently than you do um that's Guilty. a lot of that's coming <laughs> yeah a lot of that's coming from uh first corinthians 8 <laughs> about like the eating of meat and people having different opinions to how to handle that. And Paul's like, don't cause people yeah. to stumble. Like if you believe you shouldn't do something and you do it, then that's sin. So I think that's really important. Is just like the legitimate differences that families come to. Mm. Then the last, last couple points on this Halloween is complicated heading is God isn't threatened on Halloween night. So neither should we be. And then the last one is communicate these types of things with your kids as they're age appropriate. Don't let them be ignorant to the reality of the spiritual battle.
1: I think that last one is just so important with so many aspects of parenting.
2: Yeah, just parenting in general is being sure that they have an understanding of why the rules are what they are.
1: And that goes back to what I was saying about how our parents were very clear on what is good, what is bad, and how we need to view things that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. That was always very clearly talked about through the whole process.
0: Yeah, I think almost... My opinion is utilize Halloween to teach your children if you can. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just like avoid it. Even if you don't want to participate in Halloween, you're not going to be able to just like prevent your kids from seeing it and being aware of Halloween. So you need to use it as mm-hmm. a teaching moment, teaching uh, event. <laughs> and then i also think the one like god isn't threatened on halloween night so we don't have to be afraid like i think that's important because there's that balance of caution when it comes to spiritual darkness and the enemy Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. at the same time like not being afraid or like feeling like i've got to just lock myself up in my house on halloween and turn off all my lights right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that's what my friends did i mean hopefully they were not like doing that out of like fear
1: lock the evil out on the street right Yeah, I think that gets back to 1 Corinthians 8, like you were talking about. I mean, Paul is clearly not super concerned about this meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And he's not afraid of it, even though he says that he'll avoid it. He'll never eat meat again if it causes someone else to stumble. But he's clearly not fearful. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then I go. we go into what can be redeemed. Okay, what can be redeemed from Halloween? So if, if your family decides to participate in Halloween, here's some ideas about components of the holiday that may be able to be redeemed. So my thought process behind this is just the redemptive nature of Christianity. And so when I really started talking about Halloween last year, there's that question of, okay, when do we just throw things out and say this is not redeemable? And when do we say here's something that is redeemable and we can make it we can bring the good out of it and i think that if we can do that we want to if we can redeem things that the world uses or values like we want to bring that redemptive element out but we can't Mm -hmm. obviously compromise in order to like say we're doing that you know and just in in reality we're just participating in the worldly things but we're saying Mm. like oh we're redeeming it or whatever yeah justifying it right So that being said, like, what elements from Halloween would you guys say can be redeemed?
1: Well, the one we touched on a lot is the opportunity to connect with your neighbors. Yeah. I think is one of the most valuable aspects.
2: And increasingly a rare aspect. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the ones I
0: have is just fellowship with neighbors and friends. And so I said, uh, take the opportunity to meet and talk to your neighbors, brainstorm with your kids about how to invite others to church or share about Jesus giving away candy or other things is a great way to connect with people. So really trying to take it to the next level of like be strategic Mm -hmm. about the way that you are making those connections.
2: I mean, to me, that's definitely the biggest one, but I would, I'm just trying to guess some other sort of like redeemable aspects of it, I guess, you know, having like a festive, you know, day out of the ordinary for kids, I think is a nice change of face for them. Yeah. That's really good in the dark, which usually doesn't happen probably. And, You know, like at sundown or after sundown, they get to go around and walk outside. And that's probably like for many kids, that's probably not something that happens a lot.
0: Yeah, I didn't really talk much about that, but I think that's really good is just the whole concept of holidays and the significance of doing things that are different than just the normal routine. I think that's a good point.
2: And that you have to wait like a whole year to do again. I don't know. I think there's some value in that too.
0: Just like that discipline of
2: having to like wait to do things or what do you mean? Or just the buildup
0: of like it being so long.
2: Yeah, that's a really vague, vague statement I realize, But I guess it seems to me that like increasingly kids are able to sort of have what they want on a more instantaneous basis and not have to wait as much. And I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But I think um, anything that emphasizes to a kid that there's things that I I can't just make happen because I ask for it, you know, Mm -hmm. so many other things going to whatever the activity they like, going to the movies, going to roller skate or whatever they like doing, getting new toys and things and everybody's different. But I think compared to the past, there are more kids who are able to get that closer to on demand. Maybe not no i think you're right like that but
0: yeah definitely Mm. i mean we we have to be really conscious of that because you can get on facebook and buy like 50 toys for like 10 bucks from somebody down the road and it's like oh these are like 50 (laughs) you know 50 toys that like my kid loves Mm. do i do that because it's like such a good deal or do you just not in order not to like spoil them with just getting a million toys all the time Mm. the cost is almost like a non-factor
2: I think the pro move there is you buy it and then like store them up secretly and get, dole them out, you know, yeah, for special bag, occasions. Yeah, I got a whole bag only. right here. That,
0: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> a Whole bag of toys right there. i have given out like we, we pulled out like five little cars for his birthday.
2: Oh, Okay, so you're doing the, You're you're already you're already a pro. That's right. <laughs> but then it takes the like eventually, the longer you're like storing things up, the more potential there is to add to the storehouse you know and eventually it just gets ridiculous where it's that's like, right when are we ever going to give them all these things unless we just unleash the flood yeah i mean so i definitely I had to say guess there has to be some self-restraint to be like okay even if we don't need to look for more good deals
0: right yeah i told olivia already i was like all right we already have enough stuff for christmas like we have plenty wow, for christmas that's a good feeling wow, yeah, yeah, for, well she does that kids market yeah. thing and they've yeah so everything's cheap and fast there was like a big castle that came with 30 figures for like you know $15 or something like that. Wow. Anyway, we're
1: getting off track a little bit.
2: Well, this was my redeemable point That's right. about teaching kids about having to wait for things.
1: Yeah, but now I've started talking about Christmas. This is getting out of hand. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: we skipped over Thanksgiving, as always. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So another another redeemable component that I have is dressing up. Okay. Oh.
1: I Yeah. Is this a good time to talk about the costumes we're all wearing right now? <laughs>
0: Um, so here's what I have on dressing up. I say, uh, when choosing who to dress up as, encourage your children to dress up as admirable characters. Mm. Talk to them about the character's positive characteristics. What do you like about this character? Or how can you be like this person? Help your children see the good things that draws them to that character and how God can help us be that way too. So God's the one who makes us strong or the most important beauty is on the inside. Stuff like that. That's
1: good. I really like that one, actually. I always wondered it. When you see kids that are skeletons or whatever, you know, it's like, what, Why what's is the that, backstory right? there?
0: I was listening to a YouTube video of, of somebody talking about Halloween. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so he was like a axe murderer or something one Halloween. And so he was like talking mm-hmm. about just how like perverted that is. But just as a kid, it's just something about like that, like being able to scare people and have power. It was like what motivated mm-hmm. him to like, you know, want to be that
2: yeah, like oh, well. if you're the scary, kind of the Batman approach, like if you're the scary thing, then things won't scare you. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I've never thought about that.
2: I do have two caveats to the to that uh, principle, though. Okay. Well, maybe just one. But one is some kids uh, just are lazy or whatever, don't get any help, and so they just end up being a wizard, and they might not have <laughs> a reason for admiring a wizard because they just wore a bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is uh, <laughs> my other caveat, is I definitely would love to see more kids dress up as a ghost with it's a sheet with two holes cut, <laughs> <laughs> just for the tradition of it.
0: Uh, yeah, those those don't necessarily fit into a uh, into my suggestion here.
2: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that in real life, but I would definitely <laughs> like to. I'm sure most people don't want to cut a sheet. I guess you could still use it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, I suppose. Just,
0: I mean, two little holes in your sheet isn't going to, like, wreck it. <laughs> anyway, okay, the third one I have is uh, jack-o'-lanterns.
1: Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I have a lot of memories related to pumpkin carving. Yeah, that's probably one of our biggest
2: Halloween memories, actually, more than the costumes. Mm-hmm. That's true, because dad would do really intricate pumpkins uh, Mm-hmm. which we thought was and mom like, would cook the seeds which i liked
1: yes well and we would help him scoop it out and clean it out and then it was so exciting to finally see it lit yep. too at the end of the night when you get to see the candle in it
0: yeah i've taken that on and done some like really intricate ones over the past few years i ha- I didn't do one last year but i really enjoyed doing that
2: because you guys went commercial and just went to the <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> halloween
2: neighborhood
0: Malachi's Malachi's not quite old enough to really appreciate that sort of thing, I don't think. Or last year he mm-hmm. wasn't. He probably could this year, but it also takes quite a bit of time.
1: <laughs> it does, yeah.
0: So what I have on jack Leonard's lanterns is uh, I've seen pumpkin carvings used as an illustration of God's work in our lives. When we're in his hands, mm-hmm. he cleans out all the junk inside of us, makes us beautiful, and places his light within us so that we can shine for him.
2: That's cool. I wouldn't have
1: thought
0: of that. Mm. So I think that's something you could try to you could use it as that illustration for your kids. Like this is why we're doing this. This is what it represents.
1: Yeah, and also when people come to the front door and they see something positive and re- redemptive, that can also be good. Mm-hmm. Would mom do one that was a cross, or I don't know? It seems like often there would be a cross somehow I think we, implemented into our We always or... put the cross on the back of them,
2: which was kind of twofold. I think we liked the idea of it being like there's always the true meaning present but also i think we liked having more light get out of it you know so it wasn't just dark on the back of it but there was mm-hmm. the, the candle could shine well it has
1: to get sides. air the candle has to get oxygen that's the practical reason.
2: oh yeah because the kind you would do wouldn't be open on the front okay right right yeah i never did those kind where it's like you just sort of carve it out but the the fleshy bit is still there
0: yeah if you're doing like really intricate stuff you have to do it that
1: way riley and i a couple years back we did um, I did one that said peace and she did one that said joy. You got Advent pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we're skipping to Christmas again. That'd
2: be funny. You have like three orange ones and one is like the white pumpkin is the <laughs> peace is the different color, right? Or is, I think is it joy. Hope? hope. No, hope is a different I
1: don't know. We lit a new one each week leading up to Halloween. <laughs>
0: Then um, the next one is just pray with your children, which isn't really like a quality of Halloween the year redeeming, but it's just like something redemptive to do <laughs> on Halloween um, is that I just said, be sure to pray with your kids before any sort of Halloween activity that God would be with them and use them and protect them.
1: That one takes me back to the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, because when we were little, especially as a family, we would always pray together before writing that.
2: Yeah, I was actually thinking of that. Wait, shouldn't you like say it. why?
1: Why we would pray together?
2: You said we would pray together before writing that. I think you said, you know, like, just so that...
1: Well, because it's a very dangerous ride. We were worried about derailment, (laughs) pranking spirits, causing trouble. Falling on that moving sidewalk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just a recognition that when you're dealing with ghosts or spirits... That Those things Mm. aren't just like pretend that there's like Mm, real there's real ghosts and spirits. And even though we felt like the Haunted Mansion at Disney is made just for fun and is mostly like silly kind of a joke. Yeah, mostly kind of a joke. It's dealing with real elements that you don't want to just play around with. So you want to be sure that like spiritually you're not having some sort of open door Mm -hmm. for spiritual interaction or spiritual effect.
2: I think that like open door concept is something that. We got so much growing up from both the parents, really, and uh, only later did I realize that so many people just don't get that concept. Mm. You know, it's really important.
0: I'm preaching on Halloween, actually, Sunday morning, oh, and going to oh. be talking about spiritual warfare and deliverance a little bit. And yeah, it's it's shocking how people can be so blind to that kind of stuff. Mm. We have students that are like dealing with depression or self-harm or stuff and then they wear shirts that are like skulls and they will wear like earrings that are like guns or stuff like that and i'm like
2: Mm -hmm. i think the gun thing is even more disturbing than the skull thing
0: but either way it's like obviously this is not a good not a good thing to do when this is especially if that's an open door in your life where that you're dealing with with those sorts of thoughts and but a lot of people just have no clue Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so praying with your children is super important I mean, even if you're what you're doing on Halloween is completely innocent, you want to be sure that you're not being exposed. You're letting your kids be exposed to anything that you shouldn't, especially as a parent. That's your role. as like a spiritual guardian, I think.
1: Yeah. And also establishes the reality like you were talking about it. There is a real spiritual dimension and there is a a war going on. And so even if something is more light and a silly version, like how we feel about the Haunted Mansion at Disney recognizing and teaching that there is real spiritual warfare at the same time is is important yeah
0: so then the last point is that death has been defeated so remind your kids that god has conquered death and the evil one he is victorious over the forces of darkness so we don't have to be afraid i'm so mm-hmm. taking advantage of that focus that halloween has on death and evil to like continue to remind us that god over has overcome those things The last main section is um, what needs to be avoided. And we've talked a little bit about that. But what comes to mind for you there? Like things that we shouldn't try to redeem or participate in as Christians.
1: My initial thoughts are very subjective. It would take me a little longer to articulate why. But it just comes to mind like stuff that I actually think is scary. Like tombstones and zombies and witches and... When I drive past a house this time of year and see like a cemetery and zombie decaying thing, I just always wonder why people are putting that stuff in their yard. But again, it's kind of subjective. I'd have to think more exactly why those things are detestable to me.
2: Yeah, my initial reaction just now is to be like, what's scary about a tombstone? Tombstones aren't scary. But then when you talk about people like putting it in their yard, it is kind of like... It's not scary, but it's like, huh? Like, why would you... I don't know. It's just weird. Like, look, we have dead people, you know? (laughs) Right. uh, Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah, I think... I don't know that it actually made it in my final cut of this pamphlet, but one of them had something to do specifically about that and um, not glorifying
1: death. Yeah, something about using it as a decoration is a little odd.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. like the last point on what to redeem is that God's overcome death. So we don't have to be afraid of it. Yes. So then we don't want to be celebrating death or glorifying death because that's the enemy that God's mm-hmm. overcome.
2: I would say also kind of touching on the real subcultures having to do with Wiccanism and, you know, what all mm-hmm. else. Well, and even, even if it weren't for that, but just any, in general, anything that draws upon that kind of fortune-telling, seance, witchcraft type stuff. I think, mm-hmm. you know, at parties and whatnot, I could understand how there'd be either decorations or like events or whatever, like that kind of thing. Right. That's very directly not to be toyed with. So, yeah, you guys basically have hit kind of kind of
0: on the first two points that I have. So, okay. the first one is just the demonic is real. Mm-hmm. Instead, acting like there's no danger in Halloween is foolish. Avoid the dark, demonic, scary, or violent components. Okay, dark demonic, well. yeah. dark it's demonic, succinct. scary or mm-hmm. violent components. Use the opportunity to explain to your kids that we don't participate in those sorts of things. You can say things like, "We don't like scary stuff. God doesn't want us to be afraid." Or, "Ew, we don't want to dress, dress up as something gross. Jesus likes nice, joyful things."
1: yeah that reminds me again of the podcast we did with Christian about how beauty is an attribute of God mm. and about how the ugly and violent and perverse is is not.
0: yeah, and so we've already been doing that with Malachi where we pass a store that's got Halloween stuff and we'll use that like we don't want to look over there like that's gross. um that stuff's scary. We don't like scary mm. stuff because Jesus, you know Jesus doesn't like scary stuff or Jesus likes pretty things and not gross things. So, I mean, obviously, what I said earlier, like, communicate to your kids in a way that's age-appropriate. Like, Malachi just turned three. So, like, that's the
1: age-appropriate way to talk about those things with a Um, (laughs) three-year-old. Yeah. And there he is. And uh, I just heard him in the background. That also goes into another thing I'm very against, and that's, like, haunted houses and... Um, scary corn maze or whatever. I did just that. Like...
2: <laughs> I went to a haunted corn maze once. What do you think of it? Well, I got delivered later, obviously, <laughs> but I haven't. I haven't had many opportunities to do mazes, so I was. I was pretty interested in it. But, the, you know, the haunted aspect was mostly fairly predictable type stuff, you know, like we're walking through the maze and suddenly we come to a clearing and there's a coffin. Oh, OK. I wonder if someone's going to be inside that. And then he, you, know, it, it was, this was not like a terribly, you know, high budget or scary one. Anyway, yeah. that, but I can definitely see like that's on the line because normally I would not really be about like doing haunted type stuff. But I was like, oh, corn maze.
1: To me, it's similar Um, with how I feel about horror movies. I'm also very against horror movies. And I think it goes back to the things you're expressing there, Joel, about fear, violence, and ugliness is not attributes of God and therefore should not be things we delight in. Right. Um, Whereas in my mind, that's very different from something like the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney, which is there's a playfulness maybe. I, I don't feel like it's meant to scare or gross out or glorify violence in the same way that a horror movie or Mm -hmm. the stereotypical haunted house does
2: even if and i think this gets back to kind of the different people's levels of discernment or their standards or you know subjectivity in that case i feel like the overall spirit is one of comedy more you know like joking but i do think there's aspects of it's like yeah i wouldn't have put that in That's kind of you know Right. Over the line. So where do you draw
0: the line and say like, okay, this is too far now. And that's why obviously there's going to be some differing opinions of those things. Mm-hmm. And now on that, those different points you got made, you've hit several of these things I've, i I have oh. about what needs to be avoided. So the, the second one is witchcraft, which Daniel mentioned earlier. Mm. So I just said anything having to do with the occult must be avoided, protect your home from that stuff. And, mm. and said, this is one of the main holidays for Wicca and other pagan religions, So exactly what you were saying, Daniel, is that I really feel like that's an area that you can't play with at all. If it's a witchcraft Mm -hmm. occult type of thing. Then the next one I have is horror movies. I said, (laughs) horror movies are dangerous. Those images will be with your kids forever. Most horror movies celebrate the demonic, wickedness, the occult, or death and violence. Don't let your kids watch something that's frightening for them. Mm-hmm. So again, just what you were saying, Paul, it's like the delight. I think that's a really good way to put it. Like we don't want to delight in these things that are wicked or occult or violent.
1: Maybe one thing helpful when thinking about these is that idea of what's redeemable. It's a very hard argument to say there's anything redeemable about watching a horror movie. I've never really heard a, a good argument about why that would be beneficial for a Christian to do.
2: And I think that probably gets into some more levels of subjectivity that any of us would know about. You know, what all counts as a horror movie? What are the subgenres? Like, that's I true. remember me and me and Clay were real excited to watch Alligator Two about this giant alligator in the sewers. You know, because that's because we like that kind of stuff. But some people might say that's horror, you know, because it's <laughs> a giant monster. You, you know, but but the spirit of what you're saying, I think people can relate. You know, you don't have to necessarily define exactly every single point to understand the spirit of what Paul's saying here.
0: Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I've struggled with a little bit in this whole concept of what can we redeem from Halloween is the the spooky element. A mm-hmm. lot of people enjoy some of the spooky element of Halloween. And so I've thought a lot about, is there anything in that that is redeemable or is it just like fear-based? And I haven't really mm-hmm. come down on it because... There seems to be some level of innocence to some of the spooky stuff, but then it's like, I don't know how to actually pull
2: out the redemptive quality. I think spooky in itself is such a quaint, like archaic word, you know, (laughs) Like it just spooky is like the kid version of scary, I guess. So it just sounds like it's not really that bad. Right.
0: And that's my goal. So like this stuff, like you're saying about like the kids in sheets, Right. Yeah, for being being a little ghost yeah. or whatever, like that's just that's not scary. That's just kind of like you're being that spooky thing. Right. And so, but I don't know what I I don't have a good argument for like why that could be okay as a Christian. So
2: I don't think that I could either. But a proposal I could make is maybe there's a cuteness to spooky, like something that kind of like um, hmm. like a small dog that's trying to be like big and tough and scare off and or and I think there's some of that. You know, the little ghosts that. You know, a ghost should be a scary thing that terrorizes people. But then when you have this very like rounded edges, big sad looking eyes, it can, it's more just like a pitiful creature. (laughs) There could be some element of like thing trying to be scary that isn't. Mm -hmm. But I don't know Mm -hmm. how much, I don't know there's necessarily a redemptive element of that. But I could, I could see that that's where it crosses into this more of a cute Mm -hmm. line. But maybe that's still not healthy to be, like, trying to be, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then also along those lines, the suspense movies or, like, that feeling of, like, being startled, that mm-hmm. I feel like is not wrong.
2: And there is an aspect of that, too, with the haunted thing is, like, you know, I know something's going to jump out, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Right.
0: Yeah, so I don't I don't necessarily think that that's, that's not the same level, obviously, as these, like, demonic, violent Ooh.
2: things. Mm-hmm.
0: But again, it's a little bit hard to articulate, like, why do I feel like it's okay to enjoy suspense movies and enjoy being startled, but not, like, really trying to scare somebody?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Anyway, my very first point in this was that Halloween is complicated. And here's some reasons why as we get into some of these, like, areas that I haven't really been able to hash out as well. But anyway, moving on from things, uh, we mentioned horror movies as something that are dangerous. And then you guys mentioned haunted houses. That's what I have as well. Haunted houses are probably not a good idea. The goal is to induce fear. That's what I put there. And again, I said are probably not a good idea because I assume there could be like more innocent versions of haunted houses.
2: I mean, we've already talked about it. Right. With the Disney thing.
1: Yeah, Disney. How about judgment houses?
2: Yeah,
0: or judgment house or whatever. (laughs) Those say the goal of those is to induce fear as well. That's true the healthy more healthy kind of fear right
2: yeah well yes a more yeah
1: healthy justifiable fear for people that don't know there are these things in the south that are like haunted house christian haunted houses that focus on making people afraid of hell so at the end they'll decide to be saved get them saved
2: i think yeah there's kind of like they they try to really scare you and then at the end they're like but here's heaven look how nice they got happy just relax and they really are a Christian version of haunted houses because they only do it around the Halloween season. Yeah, there, there's a little mm. stretch. I didn't know that was a regional thing. I thought that was just more of a, like, Baptist thing. <laughs> we're
0: <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> pretty sure it's a Bible Belt thing. We're definitely not taking my youth group to one. I'll just put it that way.
2: <laughs> Obviously, we're all of a similar mind on this, and maybe there's other people who could explain more the fun of trying to be scared that I don't think we really relate to. Mm. So for me... If it's actually scary, then that doesn't sound very fun. It sounds more just unpleasant. And if it's not actually scary, then it better be entertaining somehow, like funny, or otherwise it's just going to be boring. So, um, unless there's some kind of spin on it, I would think your only choices are it's going to be fear or boredom.
0: I think for some people, there's like that thrill, a controlled Mm -hmm. fear. Like a roller roller coaster. Yeah, kind of like a roller roller. coaster, like a false sense of danger. I guess so. I don't know exactly how to articulate that, but there's like an interest. And that's one of the things about suspense also is there's this like, wow, my body gets like acting as if something dangerous is happening, but it's really not. And I know that. So it's okay.
1: You just have to be really careful because of a lot of the other things we've talked about. That's right.
0: Yeah. The last two points is uh, protect your kid's modesty sexualized costumes are not healthy even for adults. It's really weird to me that there's that component of Halloween that like, oh, you dress scantily in these like costumes and it's okay because it's like Halloween. That's very
2: strange. I guess it just comes from in general, when you're dressing up as all manner of things, there's going to be some people who kind of dress as a thing that intrinsically has that aspect and then over time it gets blurred. I don't know. It is kind of weird.
0: I think it just comes from the whole move towards like debauchery a little bit. Yeah, you have like parties, and so that becomes drinking and immodesty, and stuff. Kind of goes into a lot of those worldly parties. Uh, and then the last one I have is just fear. Uh, fear is something that we don't need to embrace. Said fear is not of the Lord, so we don't need to celebrate or glorify fear. Good. So, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right, and so that's the end of the what needs what to be avoided. About
1: then fear of hell or fear of God, fear of the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's healthy. And like fear of uh, like a poisonous <laughs> snake.
1: That's a little different.
2: That just goes back, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but then, you know, the fear of the Lord is over and over praised. So.
0: Yeah, I had for uh, Second Timothy one seven listed on that point. And that's one of the main, I think, dangers of Halloween for kids is that it becomes something that instills fear.
2: It's really hard to relate or like remember this as an adult. But for kids, those, there are certain things like that that can become like a Like you said, it stays with them, you know, and it can be like a source of trauma, a source of a debilitating Mm -hmm. developmental experience. And you can't always predict what that's going to be for a little kid. Sometimes we can't tell what scares them about something. That's tough. And you can't protect him
0: from all that kind of stuff. Even like showing Disney movies to Malachi and fast forwarding through the bad guy parts, even sometimes like I'm fast forwarding and there's a still shot that'll show up. And then like, I've like heard
2: of a scary wolf or something.
0: Well, just like Ursula, for example. Right. Oh, yeah. So like basically going through little mermaid and just showing him like the songs and the not scary parts, but then like there's a still shot of Ursula. And later on, he makes a comment about like the bad guy and, or, and like from the movie oh. and is like interested in that. And I can tell there's like fear. And I'm like, oh golly, like you can't, you can't just protect from all those kind of things. But to your point, I think we need to be really careful as adults, recognizing those types of things that can be scary to children. So then on the back, I just have like a kind of general statement. It says, we encourage each family to develop their own approach to Halloween based on their own convictions with input from their Christian community. The responsibility to make this decision rests on the adults in the family, not the children. Always be willing to be in complete obedience to God, no matter what He may ask you to give up or stop doing.
2: Or what he wants you to start doing. Right. Maybe, you know, that goes back to the using it as an outreach thing. And maybe he wants maybe you've Mm -hmm. been an anti Halloween person and you need to start the thinking about ways to use it in a healthy way to reach somebody. Yeah, that's good.
0: I actually I do think it's important for us to all like recognize like, all right God, if you tell me to stop doing Halloween, I'm not doing it at all. Like no matter how fun I've thought it is or how fun I think it could be for the kids. I'm not going to hold on to that if you say not to do it. So that's the pamphlet. And then it has scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 through 15. So I'll read that real quick. It says, Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand
2: what the Lord's will is. And the thing about it is kids will tell you that they're in it for the neighbors, that they're in it for the community, <laughs> that they're in it. <laughs> for the for the self-expression of their costume but really deep down if if you probe them they're just in it for the candy and that's a stronghold
0: (laughs) (laughs) that kind of stuff gets even worse for parents too because parents are like well my kid doesn't need all that candy so i'm just gonna take some of it i'm gonna eat it (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, which is true your kid doesn't need all that candy but you shouldn't eat it either
2: I've heard stories about that but to my knowledge our parents never uh, took our candy <laughs>
0: or ever oh we definitely took some of Malachi's last year oh okay I mean he's just turned three he had just turned two last year and he's got this gigantic bag of candy it's like no you need like five pieces and that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's true I guess when they're really young that's easier to pull off <laughs> Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Now let's try to scare our listeners.